Episode 23 of the Yankees Chambers Podcast. We're back. We're back with vengeance, Matt. How are you? I'm good. And the Yankees are playing better, so that's good. How are you doing, Joe? Not bad. Um, I think uh, I think with the way the Yankees are going, I think this is what's like so frustrating about what the Yankees have been all year is you see how well they're playing now. Um, and you think to yourself, why couldn't this have been the case before? If this if this was a more consistent thing, then we wouldn't have to even have the stress of thinking, you know, that we're going to have to play in the wild card game. Because I think that's what is so frustrating from this whole perspective is you have two wild cards now, which obviously opens up a better opportunity for another team. Could be the Yankees for all we know, because like a lot could change in these next five games. But what's so what's so frustrating is you have all this build up to the end of the season and then it can all just crumble away after one game. And like that just creates anxiety from a fan's perspective, right? And I feel like a lot of Yankees fans are feeling that right now. It's like the Yankees are playing so well. Giancarlo Stanton's raking. All the Yankees are hitting pretty well right now. The pitching seems to be okay. But at the end of the day, how excited can we get knowing that at some point within this next week, hopefully, I mean, that, what is it, next Tuesday, the Yankees yep. will be playing in a wild card game. And that's what we have to hope for because that's best case scenario right now. But at the same time, that's a crappy best case scenario. Yeah. And I think at this point, like you said, that's what we have to look forward to. You hope that the game is played at Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. and you hope that the Yankees can take care of business so that Garrett Cole can pitch that game. Um, do you prefer? the one game or do you would you rather MLB go to the format they had last year where it was three games and oh, I thought, first to two I thought the three the three game series was was great and I thought last year after what MLB saw from that I thought that might actually like right away that might be what they would turn the wild card into um because and and you know if they were concerned about oh it would drag out things too long and like the team's uh, who won the divisions? They would. They the team who had the best record, I should say, who would end up playing the wild card team would have to wait so long. Well, I mean, if you want to really create some chaos, play a double header on the first day, and then and then if and then if like if there's a, there isn't a sweep, um, play play the uh, play the third game the next day. I just think you know you play. So, I mean, this is an age old this is an age old narrative here, but like you play 162 games to have your season come down to one game. Now, obviously that's incentive to win your division. That's why you don't want to be in the wild card. That's why you want to try and win your division. But at the same time, as Yankees fans, we've lived this multiple times. We've been on the winning side twice and the losing side once. And it's like, honestly, when I think about it from a sports perspective, other than watching uh, various teams that I root for in game sevens or probably the two times that the the Giants were in the Super Bowl I don't think I've ever been more stressed I, I I might even you know honestly I might be more stressed watching the Yankees in a wild card game than I were than I would be even in like a game seven uh, maybe not a game seven but maybe even more than what I was like when the Giants were in the Super Bowl both times and that's just from my like fan perspective like I know there's a lot of different comparisons people could have but the wild card game is stressful. Yeah, I I went to the the wild card game in 2018 when they faced Oakland, and it was super stressful even being there because 
like how I am and like how my mood is after a game when I go in person compared to when I watch is like completely different. Like if I'm there, I'm just enjoying the game. I'm enjoying the environment and stuff, but that it was really stressful being there. And that was the year the Yankees had won a hundred games and the Red Sox had won like 108. And you were wondering if the 100 win season was going to be for nothing. And then uh, obviously judge and the Yankees pulled through there, but it is stressful. I feel like from for like a marketing standpoint and like a money grab, I feel like MLB would almost be worth their while to go to a three game or a best of three series if that's what they're concerned with. Because I'm not I mean, I don't know how ratings are for the just the one game, but I think if they moved it like money wise to just a three game series, I'm sure it'd be it would be profitable for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, if you sell it like that like where you know obviously you're going to profit off of things but if you sell it from a from a tv standpoint from from even like uh you know fans going to the game standpoint i think it's a great money maker i i can't see why it wouldn't i can't see why the mlb wouldn't want to do it i think the problem would be um the like would the players go for it because if you think about it like if you have a double header or or just a straight you know three day three game series would the players go for it? I don't know. Cause that's a lot of stress on the players. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you might have pitchers be put into scenarios where they can blow out their arms because, you know, you want to try and do it. It's crazy. Like it would be crazy to have scenarios like that just to basically get into what is essentially the first round of the playoffs. Um, I still think we're trying to like classify what this wild card game is. You know, is it the playoffs? Is it a play in? What what do we actually look at it as? Because like a lot of people still say like, well, if you win the wild card game, then you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, the wild card game technically is the playoffs. Like they, the MLB sells it as such, but you know, I feel like that's up to interpretation. Um, but getting getting to the Yankees as a whole, like to finish out this stretch here, I think what has impressed me the most of late, obviously Giancarlo Stanton is at the top of the list with the way he's performing. Um, his swing is so soft, so it's so smooth right now. He's just basically flicking the ball, and it's like going out. Um, it's crazy, and hopefully he can keep that going. But I think what's impressed me more so than anything else has been um, just the the timely hitting, the timely hitting that we might not have seen throughout most of the season and, you know, contact hitting, not as many strikeouts. I just, I'm just impressed with the way the Yankees are playing right now, especially offensively. And the pitching is still obviously the main concern. Um, But with, with two games left against Toronto and three games left against Tampa and you have a two game, what is it? A two, yeah, you have a two game lead. Over yep, the Red over Sox, Boston. the top wild card spot, and then you have, I think it's what a, th- yeah, it would be a three game lead over the rest of the team just for any wild card spot. I think the Yankees have to like where they are. Um, I don't know necessarily how much. I mean, obviously they value home field advantage, but I don't know how much they necessarily value that as much as just making sure they're in the right position to be going into the playoffs. I, I just think they want to be in. I think they have confidence in themselves to 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 be able to, have, especially with the way they're playing now. I I mean how could they not have confidence? Right. Yeah. And you mentioned the timely hitting. I was kind of, when I was watching the game last night, I was watching everything kind of unfold. I was just kind of talking to myself, like a lot of, even going back to the Boston series, a lot of the runs and the damage that they've done has been with two outs. And you look at the stand grand slam in that Saturday game, it came with two outs. 
Um, and then on the Sunday night baseball game where out of, you know, implodes, um, the judge hit comes with two outs, the Stanton home run eventually comes with two outs. And then last night, of course, Stanton again, another two out Homer. So everything seems to be flowing for the Yankees. And how about the pitching last night? Toronto's one of the top offensive teams in the league held them to just two runs and three hits. And that came even with Jameson Tyone leaving the game early because he re-aggravated that ankle injury, um, which was tough to see. But that's another positive for the Yankees is the bullpen. Uh, a couple months ago, I don't think the Yankees are winning that game, but Michael King has been great since coming back from the injured list. Mm-hmm. Severino has been awesome since coming back. Clay Holmes. Uh, so really the Yankees have everything kind of working for them now. They have Garrett Cole pitching today with a chance to, I mean, really, if you think about it, if the Yankees win this game tonight, there, there's a chance that they can kind of put the Blue Jays to sleep as well as the Red Sox. And then you can kind of start um, lining things up for Yankee Stadium, wild card game, Garrett Cole pitching. But then you, we can't just, um, we can't continue without the biggest story of the week. And the Yankees have a team pet now. Is that, is that what we're hearing? <laughs> Old Bronxy. Seven and zero with them. I was um, I guess like so. What I read was Nestor Cortez bought a turtle, and the Yankees have been you know teaming up to help care for the turtle and, and feed him. And um, it sounds like they have a you know the Yankees don't have a mascot, but maybe maybe they do now. Maybe maybe a you know Bronxy the turtle is going to become the mascot for the Yankees. I heard I heard he didn't travel with the team though. They couldn't he couldn't get through customs. Oh, yeah, because Aaron Boone said he had a banana that he had at customs, and they didn't even allow him to take the banana with him. Jeez. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. All this travel stuff across the border, what a mess. Yeah. I can only imagine what it's like for, for a baseball team to try to yeah. get across the border. What are these I... bats that you have here? What, what, what are your intentions with these bats? Yeah. What, yeah. what are you going to do? You know, oh, well, we play baseball. Oh, likely story. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I, I don't even want to know the the hurdles and everything they got to go through. Um, and speaking of another of the just the chaos, we're talking about the chaos of the playoffs in the uh, in the beginning of this. I mean, Seattle's right there. They Seattle refuses to go away. I it's it's fun too because right I mean last last night's slate of games was so interesting from that standpoint because I I was I was watching some of the Yankees game I was busy at work so I really didn't have a lot of time to like check out the scores until a little bit later and I look at my phone and I see that Baltimore somehow beat Boston Chris Sale pitch too yeah and then Seattle was beating Oakland and I'm like oh my like things are getting real interesting real quick and I mean what's really impressive from Seattle's perspective is they were sellers at the deadline (laughs) yeah yeah they sold their closer yeah and they're still in it I mean that's a huge credit to I mean we see this every year there's always that one team that just like doesn't go away and Seattle is kind of that team this year um and you know props to them because I mean Oakland is not not a, not a great team, um, but you know they're a representable representable team, and Seattle's beating them, and they're beating them in big games because Oakland has more to play for in that series than Seattle in the sense because their backs yeah. are even more against the wall, 
Um, yeah. I think last night's loss, if it if it didn't, I mean, Oakland is pretty much out now. They're they're three and a half back of the three, second wild three and card. Three and a half spot. back, and, and what's their magic number? It's that, gotta be it's it, gotta be like two at this point. Yeah, yeah. So for the Yankees, it, their number is five. Yeah. So is it five? I always yeah. So Oakland is two, but the thing with the Yankees is so is it five to clinch a wild card or is it? Yeah, it's got to be five to clinch a wild card. I think it's for a playoff spot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be it. Um, So, theoretically, tonight, if we win, Toronto loses. That that shaves off two games. And then if Baltimore somehow miraculously beats Boston again, that shaves off another. So, would our number go down to two? Yes, I think so. Man, so we we could be setting up to clinch sometime. Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. How how funny would this be if we, like, the entire second half, we were worried about Boston and Toronto and, like, Boston and Toronto fans were coming at Yankee fans and, like, they had all the banter going back and forth. And then it ends up being a Yankee Mariner um, (laughs) wildcard game and Seattle just kind of slips in. It would actually be pretty hilarious. That would be best case scenario for the Yankees. I think so, but like this is the thing, and I and I think that's an easy thing to say, and I agree. I I definitely agree that that's probably the the best opponent, um, for the Yankees to have. But at the same time, you just one game. It's just yeah. one game. Yeah, it doesn't it does. I mean, yeah. Yankees have lost what? How many games to the Orioles? No, I I hear you. So it seems that, too like Seattle would be that team when they get in. They have just this crazy improbable run that no one would see coming. It so. was like it's like with um it was a couple of years ago when uh it's it's a it's kind of comparable to um when the Giants beat the Mets in what was it the 2016 yep. wild card game? Yep. Nobody expected the Giants to win that. No. And then look what happened. You know? Um just different things of that nature it, it can kind of be like that. So yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, what would your – in my – I'll give you mine, and then I'll ask you yours. I mean, with the way the wild card is looking right now, opponent-wise, it would be either the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, or the Mariners. I would actually say the teams that I would want to play in this order in the wild card would be the Mariners, then the Red Sox, then the Blue Jays. Honestly, the last team that I want to play in the playoffs is the Blue Jays. I would rather play the Red Sox than the Blue Jays. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think I, you know their record doesn't show it. I think the Blue Jays are better than Boston. I think they are too. I think if you look at the the run differential, would tell you that as well. And I know maybe it was last episode, maybe it was a couple episodes ago. I I thought the the Blue Jays were better than the Yankees were. Um, now, of course, our attitude or our um, our opinion of this team changes literally with each day, depending on what team shows up. Um, but yeah, Toronto's the last team that I want to see in a one game, uh, playoff the Red Sox. I want, I, I still, they didn't pitch Chris sale in that three game series against us, which was kind of, um, it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if in a wild card game scenario, would they pitch Nathan Avaldi or would they pitch, um, Chris Sale against us. I think it would be Evaldi, and I think maybe Sale would come out of the bullpen, to be honest. I think they would yeah. kind of go all in from that aspect. Because um, if Sale pitched yesterday, no, he would both, – both of them would be fine. I think – honestly, I think the, I think the Red Sox are going to make – I mean, especially if they keep losing to Baltimore. 
um, I think the thing that that's going to have have to happen with them is like they they might have to pitch of all the just to get into the playoffs. Get in, yeah. Um, which is the talking... same, which which is a which is a comp to uh, what the Yankees were thinking they might have to do is like, are you going to have to pitch Garrett Cole on that Sunday against the Rays? It's more looking now like that's not going to have to be the case, right? But you just yeah. don't know. Um, no. And also too. If the Yankees get in, like, if the Yankees are in the playoffs and it's on Sunday, like, all that's being determined is, like, who gets home field, I don't pitch Carrot Cole. No. I, I don't – I home field, it's 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 nice. but It's more I, valuable having Cole pitch that game than having home field and not having Cole. Exactly. Exactly. I just don't see home field being that much of it. You know, the I mean, the Yankees literally just swept Boston. Yeah. They're 6-0 against them in the yes. second half. Or not in the second half, but they're 6-0 in their last six. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm not really too worried about things from that perspective. I think the biggest question mark for the Yankees is if, you know, assume they can win the wild card game. And, you know, obviously you have to say to yourself, Garrett Cole's going to pitch in the wild card game. Who are you pitching in game one of an ALDS series? Yeah, that's, that's tough. Um I think at this point you'd probably be Corey Kluber, mm. but even then I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't think they would go with an opener like with Nestor Cortez type. I don't think in, in game one, I don't think you can do that and risk not only falling behind in a series, a short series at that, but also blowing up your bullpen if things don't go as planned. Look. I think it would probably come down to Montgomery or uh, Kluber. I think I'd lean on Jordan Montgomery. Let me say this. So this is what I actually think would happen. I think they probably go with Jordan Montgomery in game one um, because I think he's reliable. I think he can give them some length. Um, And then I think probably they actually go with Corey Kluber in game two and then and then maybe Nestor Cortez for game three. I honestly think that might be what happens because – Game one, obviously, you want to set the tone. You want to get out to a series lead. But if things don't go right, then you have Kluber, who obviously has the playoff experience kind of as a safety blanket. But, hey, I mean, I mean, I said this at the, way at the beginning of the season. Look at what Jordan Montgomery did when nobody expected him to do anything in game four last year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's proven himself that he can pitch in, in big game scenarios. So, I, I have faith in Montgomery to pitch in, in game one and in Kluber to pitch in game two. And, and then I think in this case, I mean, obviously you're talking about having to play Tampa. Um, I think I think Nestor Cortez pitching in game three at home at Yankee Stadium, I think is huge. Um, I think I don't think he's really I mean, actually, I, I have full confidence that I don't think he's phased really by any scenario. But things change in the playoffs. And you just don't know. Do so, you think. Do you think that if we get in that matchup with Tampa, do you, so notoriously it's always been predominantly Yankee fans that overrun uh, Tropicana Field down there. <clears throat> do you think that that would still like happen in a playoff game, or do you think Rays fans would definitely show out? Because, I mean, if we're talking Yankees-Rays in a playoff game, I mean, you're almost talking like the Yankees having almost like another home field advantage on the road. I think, think it would, you, you know what, you know what I think it might be comparable to, to be honest, is probably what last year's World Series was like. 
just a balanced mix of of Dodgers and uh, probably more. There were probably more Dodgers fans there. Yeah. But I, I think it would almost be like maybe I shouldn't say the World Series. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say like a neutral site, like Super Bowl atmosphere where basically just everybody's kind of yelling like, like those London like, games. It's a 50 50 split down the middle type of thing. I, I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be 50 50. And you got to kind of wonder if that'll affect what kind of effect that'll have on them. I, I don't know. Cause at this point it's like with the way the bullpen's been, you, you could kind of mess around with an opener, but then again, we saw what the Yankees did last year when they kind of tried to, you know, get fancy and deploy the opener or have Debbie Garcia come in and pitch one inning and how that kind of flipped the series. So it, it'll all be interesting. Uh, but you right now you're just planning and you're hoping that everything lines up where Cole, wild card game um and then you go from there and i think after this game this is i think tonight is his last start of the season before that game yeah um, you know what baffles my mind more than anything else the fact that jay hap pitched in that play i i still <laughs> i i can't believe he was on the yankees i just can't what well, it and was you, just he, and he was playing big situations yeah well think about this in 2018 he pitched in game one of the division series yeah and how'd that go yeah, his big, I, biggest moments, and he uh, didn't go as planned. That's what was always so – that was what was always so, like, interesting to me is, like, the, my first memory of him was, like, when he pitched uh, for the Phillies in the 2009 World Series. And he was awful. Yeah. And well, I was like, what, what did the ABC – He hasn't got – yeah, I don't think he's gotten much better. <laughs> it's, just, it's just – no, exactly. It's just one of those things. But getting back to this year's team, yeah, I think that's the, the interesting – the most interesting narratives are – who are the Yankees going to play and where in the wild card game? I think we can, you know, unless um, and, and it's it's quite possible that everything collapses in these next five games and the Yankees lose the next five for all we know, with the way things have gone. But I think it we're start it's starting to get a little safer to say that the Yankees will be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of where and when. Um, yeah. And then I think the the next question is if they if they are lucky enough and fortunate enough to win that wild card game, who pitches in game one? Um, now I think I think a great um, a great deodorant I guess you could say for the pitching situation is if the Yankees mash like they have been. It's not going to matter. Yeah, it's just not going to matter. Yeah. Um, now obviously pitching is going to matter to a certain extent. Right. Right. Still, because you can't you you don't, you don't want to be in a game where the final score is eleven to ten. Um, <laughs> but but you know in the same breath, if the Yankees hitting is is on point like it has been. Um, that takes that takes pressure off the pitchers too, um, and I think that's going to be a really crucial thing for them moving forward. Is if the Yankees' offense can even take pressure off the pitchers, allow them to a little bit more freedom. I think that's important. Also, too, with the way the Yankees bullpen has been, I mean it's it's been better. But do you realize like how nerve you know? Say the Yankees are playing the Red Sox, you know, wherever it may be in the wild card game. And it's like the ninth inning, the Yankees are up three to two, and Aralis Chapman's coming in. You're going to like be puking your guts out because you're so nervous. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what It'll, I mean? Like, I yeah. don't feel like just thinking about that scenario right now gives me agita. <laughs> like, that, it's not, that's not a scenario I want the Yankees to be in. I want them no. to be up like 5 1. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I, solid, I hear you. Solid four run lead at least. Yeah, we need it. We need a uh, boring and dull. That's what we need. It's. I mean, like, I get it that closers are 
you know, they're going to have those moments. But at the same time, I mean, my God, you yeah. have you, you, you got to like have at least some consistency. And, and the Yankees bullpen hasn't necessarily had that. But you know what I like about the bullpen right now, though? is Luis Severino's in there. I think that is something that is fascinating from a story angle, and I think that can really help the Yankees moving forward. You know what he can kind of, you know what he could kind of solidify himself as? A couple years ago, what Chad Green was. Pitch yeah. like every couple days, pitch a couple innings, and you pitch a couple scoreless frames. I mean, that was so huge when Chad Green was just on that role where he just like was unhittable, but he could only pitch like every couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fascinating. I think Michael King's emergence has been incredible. Um, if Jonathan Luizaga can come back and hopefully they can get him a couple games, I think that would be remarkable as well. Um, and then you're talking about a Yankees and, and Wandy Peralta. I mean, Wandy Peralta's been pretty good. Um, he, he, he never, when you see him on the mound, you're like, all right, let's see how this goes today. But he always usually comes through for the most part. But if you think about it with the Yankees bullpen, you have Chapman, you have Severino now, you have Chad Green, who Chad Green of late has seemed a little bit better. I mean, he's let up some big homers this year, but yeah. he seemed a little bit better of late. Hopefully you have Loisaga, you have Peralta in there. Um, I, I, I like what I see from them. I, I mean, I don't know necessarily like, Oh, and I, how can I forget Clay Holmes? Um, Clay Holmes has been remarkable. Um, so I, I like what I see from the Yankee bullpen. It's Can't forget his, Andrew Heaney. And, uh, <laughs> is he still on the team? He hasn't pitched uh-huh. in a while. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing. That's a good uh, thing. Yeah, that's a very good thing. Um, I if, if Andrew Heaney is on the playoff <laughs> roster, what are they doing? Have you ever thought about that? He Honestly, he probably will be. Why? I, he's what, still, what, what good would he be? Look, they, they, they sent down. Albert I would rather Abreu, put Bronxy the turtle on the roster than Andrew Heaney. I'd rather just carry like not even full of roster spot. Cause that's what you're going to be doing regardless. He's maybe just carry, not eat. Maybe, maybe carry an extra couple of baseball bats on the roster instead. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't. that's one of those, that's one of those things. And that's, that's going to be an inter- interesting storyline come playoff time too is, can the uh, you know what what will the roster look like from from series to series too potentially? Um, you know I just thought of yeah. What if the Yankees deploy and do what they did in Game Two last year, and they're like, we're going to have an opener, we're going to pitch Nestor Cortez one inning and turn around and give the ball to Andrew Heaney, and we're going to trust his stuff to get us through the middle of the uh, the oh my god the middle innings of the game. <laughs> I no no that just no that's not going to analytics happen. tells us. <laughs> If the analytics tell them that, everybody in the Yankees analytic department should be should fired. Be fired. <laughs> should be on the unemployment line. Yeah, unemployment <laughs> line for sure. Um, that wouldn't that wouldn't be good. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. What do you think ultimately? Like these next five games, like do you think the Yankees can win out? Realistically, what do you think the Yankees are going to do these next five games? Um, I would like to see them. I think they need to win one of these next two games in Toronto. I think two out of three in Toronto is doable, especially with Cole tonight. Right. Um, so I, w- I would say two out of three against Toronto. And I would, al- I would also like to say two out of three against Tampa. But depending on how they finish out, like if they clinch, I don't see them really um, pushing the envelope to uh, those last two games, Saturday and Sunday. 
So I don't know, maybe two or three against Toronto and maybe one of three against Tampa. So that'd be put them at what? 92 wins this year, I believe. Yeah. Ultimately, I think what's going to happen with the Yankees is I think they, I think they will win one more in Toronto. I honestly think probably that they lose. Um, uh, they, they, you know, if they're going to lose a game, they probably lose tomorrow with Kluber yeah. pitching. Um, I, I think Garrett Cole is, is kind of found a groove and I think he's, he's ready for the playoffs. So I think they win tonight. I don't know how confident I feel about tomorrow. Uh, and then with the Tampa series, I think they probably take two of three. And ultimately my prediction is it's Yankees hosting the Red Sox on October 5th at Yankee stadium in the one card in the one game wild card. That, that's my prediction at this point. Just how we drew it up. I, that's, it's going to be one, it's going to be one of those things where I, I, I just think that it's inevitable at this point. I yeah. get that. I, I know the Red Sox lost to the Orioles last night, um, but I can't see them losing again. To no. The Orioles. And especially now, they have Washington say, coming up after too. So I, I'll say this about Washington. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe this is just from the Yankees' perspective. It is not easy to play in that ballpark for some reason. The, yeah. the, the Nationals are not bad. And who knows? If you get Juan Soto to go off for a couple games, I mean, that would be that would be epically hilarious from a, from a Yankees fan's perspective watching the Red Sox. But, I mean, I, I think the thing to really watch down the stretch is do either the Yankees or Red Sox or, or Mariners or Blue Jays do they have to like go the extra step with like uh, unleashing different arms to just get into the playoffs, to, to, to just get into the wild card game? That could really change a lot of things yeah, quickly. That's um, what I was going to say. You know, how, how good do you feel if you're a Yankees fan if you have to pitch Garrett Cole to get into the playoffs on Sunday? Right. How, how good are you going to feel at that point? I'm not going to feel great about things. Like, you know, even if you, even if you win that, you know, how great are you gonna? How great are you gonna feel going into the wild card? I don't know. You know Amen. now, obviously everybody's gonna say, "Oh well, we have confidence this and that." Like, well, of course you're gonna have confidence. You should have confidence. If you don't, that's even more of a problem. You don't want to go in thinking you're gonna lose. Right. But in the same breath, you have to look at it from the perspective of it's kind of deflating to have mm-hmm. your your number one guy have to pitch just to get you into the playoffs. So I think that's an interesting storyline. I think that's probably one of the more interesting things to watch down the stretch for sure. And you have to wonder, depending what Toronto's situation is, will they be desperate enough to where they're going to – I mean, will they throw Ryu and Robbie Ray and Jose Barrios? Will they throw them in those will, – will it get to the point where they have to use their top three just to get into the playoffs or just to battle back to where they're in like a tiebreaker scenario type thing? And then how does that set up? Because then you're talking about potentially the Red Sox and the Blue Jays playing. And, I mean, this is all obviously like – extreme if it comes to it but i mean it's that close right now yeah there's one other thing i wanted to mention before we kind of segue into uh our picks for the nfl this week yeah luke voigt's future man i don't know what it's looking like and i have my opinion on it i'm i'll get your opinion on it what is what do you think he has a future in new york anymore um, I, I really, th- well, there's two, there's two things to look at is I think the Yankees really like what Anthony Rizzo has brought to the table. Um, so if Anthony Rizzo wants to sign in New York, I think, um, that's the route they'll go. And then from there, 
from the Yankees perspective, I think the problem is, you know, obviously Voight loses a lot of value um, in the trade market because the Yankees can't say like, Oh, well, we're selling, you know, he's kind of a, a lost asset for lack of better words. He's not necessarily needed. Um, and I think the, the, the sad thing is Luke Voigt was like a story when he initially got, you know, when he initially got traded from St. Louis to New York, I mean, he was a nobody, nobody knew who he was. It was just kind of one of those trades where it was like, Oh, all right, whatever. And he turned into something great. Um, and then injuries have kind of plagued his, his last, you know, last year he played through that plantar fasciitis and stuff like that. And this year he's had a bunch of different injuries and just wasn't able to stay on the field. And, you know, for a lack of better words, he kind of got Wally Pips, right? I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't see a future for Luke Voigt um, with the Yankees, but I, would I be surprised? Would, would I be the question? I guess is would I be surprised if he's on the Yankees next year? Yes, I would be surprised if he's on the Yankees next year because I think what the Yankees, Brian Cashman, and everybody has realized is not only is Anthony Rizzo a great option, I think having a left-handed first baseman creates a lot of balance within the Yankees lineup. Was would and and they've needed that for a long time. Um, and I think that's why more so than anything else, Luke Voigt's skill sets in terms of his power and hitting are okay. Um, I shouldn't say, okay, they're great. Um, but I think Luke Voigt's skill sets, the Yankees already have enough of his skill sets. They need, right. they need other, they need other facets to kind of like plug into that lineup and even defensively speaking, because he's not necessarily like a gold glover at first base by any means. No. So I don't see him with the Yankees next year. That that's just my thought process. Would I be totally, absolutely stunned if he is with the Yankees next year? No, no, not at all. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I just think that the Yankees probably have seen what Anthony Rizzo has done for them this year, and I think even if it's not Rizzo, it's going to maybe be somebody else who's a left-hander. Um, but you know that that will be uh, that'll be something to watch for in the off season, and we'll see what things go from there. But. No, I don't. I don't think Luke Voigt is with the Yankees next year. If I had to put money on it, yeah, I I agree with you. My thing is like, and there's the like the some of the fan base on Twitter that's crying for Luke Voigt to play, and they don't want Guardy in there. I mean, Guardy's been swinging a hot bat for just about the entire second half, mm-hmm. and he, him in center field makes your defense better. Um, and that's not like a shot at Stanton when Stan plays the outfield, but I mean, Guardy's. I mean, yeah, his arm is you know, basically a noodle now, but you know, what, you know, a... you know what Gardy's arm is, you know, those, uh, here, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a good comparison. You know, those little like toy guns that have a cork in it and you, yes. you pull the trigger and it like the, the cork <laughs> pops out and it's connected to a string that that's, that's, Brett, Gar- that's Brett Gardner's arm now. <laughs> How many times have we seen him throw the ball? He like winds up to chuck that thing and it just basically barely makes it into the infield and rolls into Gio Rochella's glove. There was one in Fenway where he like five hopped it to the second baseman. <laughs> <laughs> there was <laughs> there was that. And then <laughs> the other great thing was um there was what was it? Oh, I think it was in the Sunday night game. There was a play. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a Sunday night game. I can't remember who hit it, but the Red Sox hit a they had a guy on third and the Red Sox hit a fly ball into the outfield. And rather than like Gardner, who could have just camped right underneath the ball to like throw it, Judge came all the way over from right field, caught it in like almost center field so he could make the throw home. 
and like that's that's what's got that's what's going to happen i mean that's that's kind of the nature of things i think i think oh and that's the other interesting storyline is what happens uh in the in the playoffs do you put judge in center do you have stanton in right and or or in left and then do you have where do you put gal like is gallo in right or left i think that's another interesting storyline but poor guardy's arm i mean that is not 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 his best skill set right now no but like the defense is better with him because he's a better having him. I think yeah. in the outfield is better than having Stan in the outfield. Yeah. And then, um, but the problem is like people want Luke Voigt in the lineup and they're crying for Luke Voigt to play. He, what is different about what he did when he was, he's been injured and this is the reason they got Rizzo. If it wasn't for Luke Voigt being hurt and I know you can't control whether you're injured or not, but the Yankees didn't have the time to wait around for Luke Voigt to come back. So they went out, they saw a fit, they got Rizzo. Rizzo, I think, gives you better at bats. He's a lefty, so it breaks up the righties. Yeah. A gold glover. He's won a World Series before. Um, all that stuff is playing against Luke Voigt. My question to the Yankee fans that are advocating for Voigt to play, you, you booed Giancarlo Stanton in – you talked about how useless Stanton was when Stanton literally went through the same thing. So why now all of a sudden are we going to vouch for Luke Voigt to play? Like, and this isn't me like going at Luke Voigt or me saying, I don't like Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's a great player. And Luke Voigt carried the team last year when judge and Stanton were down. Um, and he showed up and like he said, he, he does deserve to play, but I, I don't see where he fits into the lineup as long as Gardner is playing as well as he's playing. Um, so for me, I just, I don't see a future where he's on the Yankees. I think if anything, should they not re-sign Rizzo, I think we see DJ slide over to first. And then do they sign a stop, a stop gap uh, for shortstop, or do they dive into the market and get one of those uh, bigger name free agents for shortstop? So yeah, I think there. I, I like what you said about sliding LeMahieu over to first. I feel like that's like a option that people aren't necessarily talking about as much, because um, that's certainly that's certainly there for the taking for the Yankees. Um, I think I think that's going to be interesting to see what happens. But no, I like I like what you said there, and um, yeah, ultimately with Voight, it's just one of those things where I mean, it, this is a business, and like if you can't be on the field, you know, the best of the best of the best, uh, what was it? The best ability is availability. Yeah. And it's true. Um, and he'll he'll ultimately find another spot. Like, there will be another team that he will go and start for. He'll probably I mean, go to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could you honestly, imagine? Honestly, honestly, I have I, I, I have a prediction, to be, to be completely honest. If any team were to try and get him, get Voight, I should say, do you know what team I would think it would actually be? It would be mm-hmm. Boston. Yeah. Boston's first base situation. I know that they have Bobby Dahl back there. I don't think any Red Sox fan like Bob Red Sox fans like Bobby Dahl back. I feel like I feel like he's like the I don't know. He's got oh, a Schwarber. decent amount of homers. I think he has what like twenty some odd homers. Yeah. But I just I mean when I've when I've seen Bobby Dahlbeck play against the Yankees, I'm like, oh please, Red Sox, play him as much as possible. You know they compared him to Aaron Judge. In the, before the season, they compared Bobby Dalback. Bobby Dalback to Aaron Judge. They said the skill set was the same as Aaron Judge, except he stays healthy. Oh my God! Yeah, that's uh, it's a bold take. 
It's too hot takey for me. That's yeah, that's <laughs> a little too much hot take. But all right, football picks. You go first. What what do we do? By the way, did we do like did we pick the spreads or did we just go straight up? I think we just went straight up. Last week I had I picked up three points. The pat or not last week in week one the Packers yeah. laid an absolute dud in New Orleans, uh, but the Rams and the Dolphins won, so that was cool. What did I do? I don't even remember what my pick. You were. picked the Giants. All right, so that's a loss. <laughs> you did pick the Chiefs. I think were your three point pick. Yeah. Um, and you had the the Rams and the Bears were your two point pick. So you're currently up five three on me. Okay. All right. You go first. Okay. So for and this we're going, week, we're going straight up, right? Yeah. Okay. So for this week, my um, my one point pick, I'm gonna take the Minnesota Vikings over the Browns. Wow. Okay. The Vikings have been in three pretty close games. They are one and two, but those first two games they could have they could have won easily. They are coming off a win at home against Seattle. Yeah. Um, my two point pick, I'm taking the Chiefs over the Eagles. Uh, the Chiefs are one and two. I think they're what they've lost two straight. So I think they're going to go in and you know beat up on beat up on the Eagles. My three point pick. You can call me call me weak for this, but I'm uh I got to get back in it here. I'm gonna take the Titans over the Jets, uh, <laughs> just because. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? Yeah. How could there's one there's one game in there that I'm staying away from the uh, I think it's the Cardinals and the Chargers. Cardinals yeah, and Rams. A, that's a that's that's a Cardinals and Rams. That is that's a tough game to pick. That's yeah. a tough game to pick. All right, ready for mine? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, one point pick Buccaneers over the Patriots. Oof, that'll actually be a pretty good game, yeah. storyline wise. I, I I I should say storyline wise, I don't think it will actually end up being a great game. I think the Buccaneers roll in that. Mm-hmm. Two point pick. This is actually going to be an interesting one that might shock some people. I'm taking the Cowboys over the Panthers. And three-point pick. I hate to do this because they're my team, but I know them better than any other team. I'm taking the Saints over the Giants. <laughs> Giants are headed for 4-0. Honestly, the Giants could be 0-9 this year before they probably get a win. Yikes. They are awful. And the weird thing is they're not like they have some skill players and it just never, it never gels together. It's could so be a Jets fan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at least no, the Giants have no. won some Super Bowls recently. There's no hope there. The Jets are just like, Oh, what a mess. I mean, Zach Wilson is going to get sacked like 200 times this year and get like decapitated. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's a, not an ideal situation. No, no, not at all. But just to repeat, so I've got the Buccaneers over the Patriots. I've got the Giant. I've got the Saints over the Giants, and I've got the Cowboys over the Panthers. There you go. Those are the picks. All right. Do you want to? Do you want? Do you want to let people know where they can find us? You know what I was just thinking of really quickly before I do that. Yes. Think about how far we were talking about the outfield situation. Do you remember back in April when Clint Frazier caught that ball in left field in like early April and just threw the ball back to the pitcher's mound? 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like threw it in between first and second base. You know Think about how far was, we've come. Yeah, you know what that reminds me of is um is that meme of uh, who shoots it? Is it R.J. Barrett? He like shoots the ball and it like it's in Madison Square Garden and he's like chucking it full court and it like goes way over the basketball hoop and it goes like I mean like row like not not a couple rows like 10, 15 rows in the stands. That's what that kind of reminds me of. The Knicks just, are back. Just just Frazier sending a missile. That was unbelievable. I couldn't even believe. that's how far we've come now. It's been a weird year. Yeah. That seems like so long ago. It would be it 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 it's it's crazy to I think mean, it about it. It was, but it's crazy to think about it at a time like at, at one point Chris Gittens was playing first base for the Yankees. We've had like three different teams this year. We have. We've had the opening day team, we had the COVID team, <laughs> and we have our team now. Like we yeah. had three different teams this year. It's wow. And Brett Gardner's been a part of every single one. Bless his heart. 2033, Brett Gardner, opening day center fielder, bucket. Him and his pop gun. That's right. <laughs> All <laughs> right, find this pe- podcast. Tell people where they can find us. Yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and whatever other sources or sites I uh, talked about in, what was it, episode 16? Episode 16. That's the GOAT episode. The OG episode. Actually, this could be the GOAT episode now because this is the MJ episode. 23 we're back yeah this is this is not our last dance no this is just the beginning (laughs) you got anything else for us i'm good all right well thank you for joining us joe it's been fun talking with you but for now we're exiting the yankee chambers